Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing today? Uh, we're trying something a little bit new here. We're going to do maybe a, a little talk show, a little podcast at the beginning of the stream, see how it feels, see if everyone likes it, and uh, we'll go from there. But hello, I'm Collins, and uh, I got my co-host here today. Shady Bunny, how are you doing? Doing very well. <laughs> fun. Little little nervous, right? As we talked about, but yeah. it's uh, it's good. It's always Something good to have you here. Well. Yeah, it's always good, good to have you here. You know, good friend of mine. You know, always had fun time. You know, we decided uh, we wanted to do maybe like a weekly talk show, maybe a little podcast for Battlegrounds. I've kind of noticed there isn't really any like great like someone's gonna be like, oh, what about this show? And I'll be like, oh, I didn't know about this. But for me, I haven't really seen any great. Um, Battlegrounds, like talk shows and things, just discussing strategies, discussing meta, discussing um, how things go on in in the scene. So, you know, I figured, hey, you know, I'd love to do one. Shady came, you know, suggested to me as well. And I was like, I'm having the same idea. So kind of clicked on that and, and bam. What about you? It's uh, really fun that I, I I came to Collins and I said, Hey, I, I want to run something by you. And then Collins asked me, Hey, you want to do a podcast? Like, yes, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I came to ask you. So it was very, very coincidental. That's yeah. a great, great thing to have happen. Yeah. So it's just uh just something we want to do, something I think would be a lot of fun for the people involved, just kind of uh having somewhere to talk about uh the meta and, and things like that, right? Uh as we've looked through the uh the scene and the meta in the past, right? There's always been times where I'm like, oh, I'd really love to just talk about, you know, this strategy with someone or or this thing with someone and just like, oh, have you seen this? Have you, I've never seen it before. It's so cool that this exists now, that kind of thing. So glad we started this kind of thing. We'll see uh, how it grows from here. Um, but for the beginning, I just kind of wanted to talk about like an overview of Battleground right now, the meta for now, just uh, how it feels and how uh, you like playing it. So for, for me, Right, we just uh, went through the prize meta, right? I think a lot of people were uh, surprised how influential the prizes were. Just like, oh, you play this, you play the meta, and then you get your prize. Depending on the prize, it kind of determines whether you have a chance of winning or not, right? And I, I thought that was really interesting for me. Just like, oh wow, you know, most of the time, uh, the meta is get a good hero or find the direction. And then go from there but then it was like no who cares about your hero who cares about your direction get the prize get on the on the house and just like grab you know two kelly gets to that turn and, and win the game so um we've kind of passed that now and we've kind of went back into a more hero centric direction centric meta which is nice right i think for some people it feels that um they're missing that like oh that spike of power that spell prize but i kind of like the uh, the slowdown just like the more controlled style like going from there what do you feel sure i um i don't have that much of a, a reference from before right i did play the game quite a bit when it released but i've only came back to it during the spell meta so uh for me it's <clears throat> i don't have that nostalgic feeling from pre pre-spell pre-prize however you want to call it uh, I don't. I didn't mind it. Uh, I think that heroes were still for, for me. Heroes were important in that can they get me to a position where it's turn seven right before the second prize hits, 
can I get to tier five without being uh, on the brink of death? Because the, the whole point is, hey, if you get on the house, you want to be able to go to six and then discover your six drop. And you can't do that if you've had to play defensively and you have to be on tier four. Uh, so reform curves in particular were pretty good for that because right now in, in this meta, reform curves go on uh, on eight gold. You can level in hero power and then you're on four. They would do that on nine gold as well. And then you'd be tier five. Um, like for instance, secret guy could get you there, and then you'd have the ice block to be protected. But yeah, it's it's fine. I'm <clears throat> I'm adjusting to it. I probably did a bit better in the prize meta because I, I think it was really about can you get yourself in a position where you can abuse on the house as much as possible. I guess on the house and evolving tavern, those were the two really big ones. Whatever I didn't hit, those it was just like, all right, can I uh, find a way to not get out of the top four, right? Can I find a way to not just bottom out because I didn't hit any of the big prizes? So then it was just defense, 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 and hope that other people died. Yeah. I, and I think we, yeah. yeah I go think ahead. that's interesting that I also like tended to do better in the prize meta, even though like necessarily the prize meta was very like swingy, like, oh, do you, did you get this? No, then you, you can't win. Essentially, like someone's going to get the double Caligo, someone's going to get the double rag, double, double mm -hmm. uh, scam or something, right? But essentially even when you we didn't hit the prize we were able to salvage those games right where yeah. and so you had a situation where if you hit the nuts you win and if you don't hit the nuts you're still salvaging whereas here sometimes yeah. you can not hit the nuts and like not have any direction to go and like bottom out really hard so i even though the prize meta felt swingy it was actually very consistent in that we were able to mitigate the downside really well and then uh, do really well on the upswing. As, so. Well, you're you're throwing an extra variable in the mix, and so I'm I'm not going to say here which meta is you know more skillful. As right. most people, they love to say like, oh, those spell noobs wait until those prizes rotate and they don't get a free allies <laughs> and they can't win anymore. Uh, I mean, you do throw an extra variable in the mix, so it's another thing to manage, right? What do you do with which prize? Have you prepared properly? Have you put yourself in a position where if on the house pops up, you can abuse it to the max? Um, how do you handle if you, you know, with how do you handle it if you do not get Might of Stormwind on four? Um, do you use those coins to power level and get to four quickly, take a pit stop, get some strong units on your board and continue leveling to five? All those things. Um, anyways, we, we talked about the, the spell meta, how it was a lot more swingy yeah. in this meta. I think we've already seen, at least for me, I've seen a bit of an evolution where at the start of the meta, um, as you may know, I like to play a lot of taunt comp. For <laughs> 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 anyone not aware, right? <clears throat> but the um, it worked really well because I think a lot of people hadn't really adjusted yet and they were still really trying to play for the win or at least go really hard. Like, all right, just give me a six drop all in all right if i miss i'm dead and it seems that at least in my experience the meta evolved a little bit where overall people are being a bit more conservative and they don't like instantly die anymore at least not as fast so the advantage of taunt comp was hey you will stay alive longer than those people and that in most games two to three people would die very fast and then you'd almost already be top four with your taunt comp feels like that is less likely right now yeah, so yeah. i don't like it as much anymore because the amount of times that you still end up fifth or sixth 
even though you're relatively strong because people aren't taking these huge, huge risks at the start anymore. It's it's quite often. Yeah, there's definitely been some games, a lot of games where uh, I'm uh, full health basically and I'm doing well leveling to four, leveling to five sometimes. And I'm trying to find direction. I can't find direction, but I'm still on 40. So I'm thinking, ah, I'm safe. You know, someone else is going to die. Then maybe I'll fight the dead guy. I'll go from there. Mm -hmm. And then I get like knocked down to like single digit health and everyone else is still alive. You know, it's like, oh, wow, what's going on? They're not dying as fast. So then I have to really dig deep, find that transition, that one turn, that window or I guess just get knocked out. Even though like two turns, three turns ago, I was first in a lobby, 30, 30 plus HP. People were able to stay strong or strong enough, at least at the lower health in those uh, turns where normally people would just die and then you would be able to maybe fight a weak person and grow from there. People are just salvaging those those moments and then coming out where you can't, you can't mentally give up, you know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm at 30. I'm going to survive. There's no way I'll lose. You can still get eight these days just because people are are playing to survive, playing to um, keep in the game a little bit stronger and, and uh, doing well with that, especially in the higher MMOs. Yeah, we see cards like Harbinger. Mm-hmm. I see them a lot yeah. more on enemy boards. It's just it's one of those cards that in in my games, when I get one or, you know, if I'm lucky, two Harbingers and then a couple taunts, that's sort of my my ticket for, oh, I'm on four and I'm good to go to five. I'm not going to get smacked down. Whereas sometimes you have these boards where you just have some, I don't know, tier one pairs, some tier two minions, and then you're on four, but you're healthy and you're like, mm, should I just push five? But then you meet someone with an actual tempo board and you take 20 damage. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess I wasn't good to level yet. Yeah, def- definitely uh, that can be uh, something. And so we kind of talked about how uh, Battlegrounds feels. I think um, currently I I like it, but I you know I like everything. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm not really there. There's really only been one meta where I've been like I hate this meta, and that was the um, the demon meta when uh, Floating Watcher was at at three, and I just like it felt like you had to force that med- you had to force that calm otherwise you just get blown out and everyone's running in i didn't want to do it so i w- i would try different things and i just get blown out and then i would try to force it but then i couldn't force it either uh you know i'm not going to get all the peas every time and then it's just like i'm just playing a losing game cuz either i try to force it and i don't get it or i don't force it and i get blown out so i it was rough for me but uh all the other metas i initially do whatever and then i get good at it and then i i do well right essentially is my trajectory so i, I kind of like it uh, that's how i feel when i play arana <laughs> i get i get the party rocker i don't i hate it <laughs> whenever my heroes tell me that i have to play arana i'm like all right well be kind to me party elemental yeah so what we're thinking right now is really just um taking a look at one specific card for the week taking a look at one specific hero the week and seeing how that goes uh but you know this is kind of a test episode we'll see how things change but uh the card we wanted to talk about this week is uh sorolisk kind of an interesting card maybe not one you're thinking oh this is a card you're going to talk about but i, I think Sorolisk is in an interesting position it got uh, a buff last patch instead of um it getting plus one plus one it's getting plus one plus two so i think it's a card that a lot of people kind of forego it used to be uh 
flavor of the month, uh, uh, especially when it was our tier one, a lot of people would just run it and everything just because you could get it early and you could scale, especially with Huktas being in the meta, being able to get multiple copies of it super fast. You could just run uh, a lot of them and just like get top two very easy, very brainless, just uh, spamming it. But now it's in a different spot. It takes longer to get started. But now it scales a little bit more reasonably. Um, I would say if you get it in on turn three, turn four, you can kind of get a pretty big Soralisk and then go from there. So what do you think about the card yourself, Shane? I really like picking it up whenever I see it paired with a Death Rattle. Because okay. when you when you look at that like that, it's a tier two, four, four, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty good because we, we pick something like a... Uh, Glyph Guardian, the 2-4 yeah. that becomes a 4-4 four, four when it attacks. So once you have one Death Rattle, it already outperforms that card in the vast majority of the fights. The amount of times where the Guardian attacks twice or it's even useful to go higher than 4 attack is, is pretty slim. Um, so it's really nice there, and it just turns every shop after that where you'd normally be like, mm, it's not really a good shop. You could say, oh, it has a Death Rattle. So the minion has plus one, plus two on it. Maybe even better than that, because I can use this minion to buff my Sorrow, and then I can sell it later on. And I can get, I keep the benefit, as opposed to, oh, I buy this minion to be temporarily strong, but then I have to sell it afterwards, and the benefit is gone. And the Sorrowless can usually stay on your board for quite a long time. You can use it to transition into Goldrin. If you're George, you can Divine Shield it, and it can maybe stay the whole game. So there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of utility to it if you can pick it up early. I would say if you start picking it up at the seven gold mark when you're tearing up to tier three in most cases, that's where I don't really like it anymore because then you buy it, you tear up, it's going to be a three two for the turn. The turn after that, you might want to level up to tier four. Bit awkward to have a three two on your board for two turns, but if you can get it, on either five gold when you're buying two things or six gold i, I like it quite a bit yeah i, I think uh, something strong about it is that it kind of gives you direction in a way where you have a soroless maybe you have two soroless and then you pick up uh, a couple of death rattles you just have a death rattle comp right if you it can give you enough safety to level to four sometimes level to five right if you if you get enough of those pieces and then if you have like a pair of them you triple you can consider oh maybe i can keep this for the game go uh beast and have one extra good minion because sometimes you you triple you get a five right you get a six if you're getting a six and you hit like a gold run right if you have no beast that turn it kind of feels like you're wasting your time right like if you have if you have a board and it's like gold run or a boat and you don't have any beasts, right? A lot of times you're going to just want the tempo and just going to want the the boat there. Versus if you have a Soralisk or something like that, you can be like, okay, at least I'm going to get some value and I'm also going to get direction for the rest of the game. So it's it's a card that has a lot of power early if you get it uh, if you get it with Death Rattles and then can give you like that stability so that you can uh, pick up a beast direction and go from there. So I kind of like it in the way that it can uh, make direction where there's no direction and that okay i have no i have no plans for my board right now and then okay i triple my soulless okay i got a golden okay that's my only beast but it's good enough so i'll go beast from there versus um you don't have any you don't have any beast and then you're like okay i'll just settle for like a boat 
I'll settle for an imama because I don't feel like uh, a random goldrin on a board full of non beasts are going to give me the direction I need. So I, I like it in that uh, in that aspect. I wouldn't really call taking a boat settling, right? It's settling, oh, you know. I want the yacht. Game, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't care about that. I was just saying, but like, yeah. um, whatever. No, um, I mean, part of it as well is there's just very few beasts that you want, especially early on. There's hyena, yeah. there's grandma. These are all like Amazing, you don't really right? want. <laughs> but um, when you have a sorrow, you, you mentioned Goldrin, but you also open up. Oh. Lightfang, oh, I have the Sorrowlisk already. Oh, Bran, I have the Sorrowlisk. I can play it with Jug. It's sure it doesn't have the Vine Shield, but usually it has a reasonable amount of health by the time you've scaled it up a few times. And then things with a lot of health, like plus two, plus two, a lot more than things with a lot of damage, right? Because damage already trades, but the health doesn't always. But then the thing with a lot of health gets the value trade, kills something, and then kills something afterwards. That, that is true. I wasn't, I was thinking about just like the, uh, best case scenario in a way but having sorrowless okay. does open up a menagerie open, in open a way. That road as well. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and things like that so that that is that is pretty true so overall we like the card it's that's that's the uh feeling i'm getting you know i think it doesn't get picked enough but then it, then again maybe it does because you kind of have a small window for it to pick it up where uh it feels really good right the five six go turn is when it feels really good after that Mm -hmm. uh, it can become a little bit uh, stagnant in that you're you're focusing on different strategies, right? You're focusing on getting like individually strong pieces, or you're focusing on finding like that clear direction. So you're not spending a lot of time buying minions. You're maybe spending the time leveling and things like that. So yeah, and I, I guess another thing is if mechs are in or out is also a bit of a factor because you have your bomb and you have your yeah. harvest goal, and those are two nice early An mech egg. death battles. Egg. I'm yeah, sure. I'm on four, right? But I, I meant more like, oh, if I, let's say it's five gold and there's a sorrowless in the shop, but not another death rattle, and you're figuring out is it worth taking? If there's no mechs in the game, you're less likely to grab, you know, extra death rattles to turn after. Because I mean, you can grab a grandma, you don't really like it. You can grab a scallywag, you don't really like it. Sure, spawn is great. You could take an imprisoner. Those are all good cards. But I feel like when mechs are out, it's just less likely that you're going to hit those desirable death rattles a turn after. Yeah, I think that's something really interesting to talk about, how different cards react to other uh, minion types being removed from the pool, right? That's a whole, like... Yeah, <laughs> so, you can... Uh, yeah, you that's a whole, whole roller coaster of a discussion. Like, but for sure, for sure. It is de definitely something to think about when you're um, looking up strategies and stuff like that. So you see this archetype, right? How does this archetype work if they're... If a similar or a synergistic archetype is removed from the pool okay. as well, uh, but yeah, that's that's the card we want to talk about this week. I think it's an interesting card. Just has has a lot of upside, and it got uh, buffed recently. So there's there's you know there's always an eye on cards that get buffed. Just you know just to see is it actually a good buff? Does it actually change things? And I I think it was a good buff overall. Um, if if um, I were to do it myself, so I I think they made a pretty decent decision with that one. It uh, doesn't feel oppressive. I don't go like, man, this guy's got two. What the <laughs> hell, man? This is so stupid. But usually when I have two stars, I say, oh, this is nice. This, yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take I, I think that's the uh, the symbol. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. It, it shows it's a good a good design, good card. Um, the hero we want to talk about this week uh, would be Silas. Oh, Silas. 
this one that's the hero yeah i think uh it, it it's it it was a hero that uh i've never i don't know i never know how to feel about this hero i i think i i i do that a lot with heroes that aren't, aren't um that have random effects in their abilities where it's like it's not c consistent and and i'm not talking about random effects in the way like uh reform reform's effect is technically random but you always know you're gonna get a minion well unless you know unless people are trolling <laughs> if you're fighting a silas and that silas might go up on five gold you might not get anything yeah but theoretically you know if you're playing reform after turn one right you're gonna get a hero or minion every turn things like that right so it is random but it's consistent random where solace you don't know if you're gonna get tickets right you, it, it's not it's not a guaranteed thing where you're guaranteed one ticket in the shop and even if you are even if that was the case right it's not it's not guaranteed it's going to be something you want to buy and, and things like that so it has that big um swing factor where sometimes this hero is just like oh every minion has a ticket oh let's go you <laughs> buy everything just get a ton of value and then sometimes it's like well there's a token and then there's a ticket <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, uh, you know, and you go for the token because yeah, you want that consistency on on turn five, on turn three and things like that. So you're like, we, there are games where you don't have a hero power essentially uh, at all, and that feels really bad. So um, it's one of those heroes that can be swing or miss, and I, I never know how to really uh, evaluate this hero on like a technical basis. But it's you know. Con in general, it will you will get your tickets, you will get some value in it. So it has that power level to speak of. I think the um, the reason why I like Silas and the reason why I, I do well with him is that a lot of the game in, in my I guess in my experience comes down to okay, I'm on six gold. What does the shop look like? And it's crap okay what do i do now <laughs> if i'm a reno or just like a regular hero that doesn't have this like super strong hero power to keep me alive or if i didn't start with a token because you can be a lichka you can be an elicure but if you don't have a token and you have to level on five gold your hero power doesn't do anything anyway silas gets you back in the game faster um so for the most part i'll, I'll grab a ticket on turn one now if there's a murloc tide hunter next to it I'll take the tide hunter. If it's an alley cat, not really sure, because alley cat can still lose you games. And if you get a ticket on turn one, in I would say 90% of the games, I will level on five gold. Like the shop needs to be, we're talking spawn, sorrowless, we're talking mm, not even sure. It needs to be like it needs to be juicy, right? So spawn plus X or, or like a really nice pair where I have a Let's say I have a Murloc token start and it's two war leaders. It could be like, okay, sure, I'll do that. Like two war leaders with tickets, right? Let's not be, too, let's not settle. But in, in most cases, that won't happen. So then you'll level on five gold, six yeah. gold comes around. And if you've grabbed a ticket on the first turn, it is already possible that that turn you stabilize with two things from a potential tier three shop um, where maybe one great unit. Uh, with a ticket and one okay unit with a ticket you take those you discover an extra tier three unit and suddenly you have four units on the board if you started with a token on six gold and most heroes can't do that <clears throat> now most of the time you won't hit yet on that turn but then we go to six gold and then six gold is a turn where you almost always stabilize where 
you have a role available. So between the role, the shop that you had on six gold, and then the two shops you're going to see on seven gold, you should have a reasonable board with a ticket that's popped. So now, yeah, go ahead. You're only doing, are you only doing this if you start with a token start and then you don't like the shop on five? No, or are you I'll, doing this? I'll play like... zero units. Yeah. Okay. I'll play zero so, units uh, let's well. say you start with like the two, two reborn taunt. Right, you're mm -hmm. just gonna sell that to level. You're like, I don't care. Sure. <laughs> I mean, right, just just clarify. Preferably if it had people. a ticket on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just clarify. So I, I might take a I might take a bad unit over to two if it has a ticket on it as well. Okay. Like you could you could take a hyena over to reborn if it's got a ticket because. Okay. Sure. I, I but, see where you're coming yeah. from. If that's the because it, it will probably save you more health if you get the cash in. Now, a lot of the time, you get a reasonable unit with a ticket on it. All right. Did not doesn't always happen, but um, but and, and then even in the case where let's say let's say the shop just gives you good units, but the tickets are on the crappy units. Sometimes <clears throat> because of the way you leveled, uh, if you're on eight gold, you can go to tier four very easily because tiering up will be five gold and buying a unit is three gold. So then that's eight gold. Whereas most people, if they want to go to tier four on eight gold, it's I have one gold spare, two gold spare. I need to sell a unit if I want to buy something. And then if you haven't been able to cash in on your tickets yet, you can go straight into a four drop. And at that point, in order to stabilize, <clears throat> you can grab pretty much anything from that shop for three gold if it gets you a four drop as well. And then suddenly you're strong. You are on tier four at a desirable time, I would say. Eight gold for me is when I want to be tier four. Doesn't mean you can always do it, but I like to do it. And then you can just spend the turn going, all right, buy, buy. If those, if those purchases come with tickets, you're so strong that the turn after that, it's straight to five. And then if you've hit the nuts, sort of say, you can go to six. And that's where the real fun starts. It's like, ooh, ticket. <laughs> oh, I get to discover an Eliza. Oh, let's man. go. Let's do some stuff. And that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. So I guess I like Silas a lot because it makes it so that I'm never truly disappointed on six gold because either I do what I'm going to do anyway, which is level or I go like, Hmm, that's a really good shop. Let's take that shop. You mean on five gold? Okay. I see what you're yeah. Five okay. gold. Sorry. All five right. gold when we go to tier three. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Cause I don't play Silas like that. Uh, generally I'm, I'm probably a little bit lazier. Uh, you know, I just play it normal. Sometimes, um, I like the ticket. Like if I can get a ticket on two, I like it cause you can hit spawn and just have a, uh, really strong board and then just go from there and strong enough that allows you to level uh, from tavern th tavern three straight to tavern four on eight and then like you can stay on eight and like uh, improve the board from there but I, I, I like the theory behind um, just straight up leveling to uh, to tavern three and then getting a, a tier three I like it a lot especially if dragons are in the pool right because then you then the bronze warden's an option Hungry Dragon, you know, I like that card. It's an option. It, uh, it is. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's a bit tougher to get it going, though, because that right. first round, for you're sure. not going to win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, from seven gold onwards, you could, yeah. you could farm it. Yeah, so um, that, like, that, wh when it comes to leveling to Tevo, uh, or staying on turn three, leveling turn three, right? It's really those. Uh, minion types that really dictate it, right? When dragons are in the pool, right? There's a lot of good dragons on three. Uh, mechs are in the pool, you can get deflect or go from there, right? Elementals also have divine shield. 
value. So there's a couple of um, uh, minion types that have a lot of value that you can get on three. Whereas, uh, you know, I guess Murlocs also have some value, but uh, I think for me, it's mainly arm. You can hit arm on three, and then you just if you get one taunt, it's it's just such free power because the way how people position in the early mid game is all right. My big boy in position one, he's gonna chunk, and then it's like Keck wait, it ran into a ten damage taunt, <laughs> and I and it died. So you get you get such a, you get such crazy tempo from having say one to two taunts with an arm down. Let's say dragons are in, and you have the four four dragon that that buffs the um, the bronze warden on your board or the Hank or whichever dragon you have, and then that four four is kind of whatever after that. But if it then gets six damage, eight damage, ten damage, suddenly it's like, wow, their you know, ten ten ratweaver ran into this or whichever stats it has, and it actually died. So if if you get an arm early with Silas, I I, I can't remember a shop where I was like, yeah, I'm gonna skip the arm for the other thing, because it starts out as a four or five as well, and just one or two taunts after that give you so much momentum. Yeah, that is interesting, right? It doesn't really seem like players are playing around arm. Uh, Arm is another card like to discuss, like in like with like, with the uh, list. Like Arm would be another great topic to uh, go into, right? But you 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 think like maybe with time people would start assuming, oh, they might have an Arm. Let me put my like three three minion in first, just to chunk like the two two the the reborn minions before the Arm buff. Like just trying to play around that. I think that that would probably take some time, and you'll probably won't see it with every player, right? It'll probably be like. You know those specific like grinders and things like that that really understand. Oh, a lot of people are playing this. Yeah, this meta you got to get punished enough for it. Yeah, yeah that's how I learned. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's lots of there's lots of upside to putting your big guy left, right? I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that it's wrong to do it. I'm just saying if you have an arm and you have a very high attack taunt, you can take advantage of it. Yeah, so for sure. Uh, it's definitely interesting to see um, how. I, I always find it fascinating when small changes in, in minions, like some small buffs, small nerfs, right, really just like dictate like the whole meta essentially at times where it's like, oh, this used to be in every game, you know, like a, especially like um, Elizabeth or what was that? Uh, the, uh, tier six, the tier six, the tier six, four divine shield minion. Elystra. Elystra, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, in every single game, right, you'll see an Elystra. It used to be a seven, seven. Just it would just dictate games sometimes where you get it early and this thing four for once and survives <laughs> and just you smack someone for a, an extra like twelve to fifteen damage because you have it on your board and it's just like yeah okay that seems a little rough but yeah it, it's interesting just it's a tier six minion yet it was so impactful right you think oh it's tier six you're not gonna see that often but you talking about the pre-nerf or the post-nerf version both both of them oh, yeah okay. yeah I, I, I wasn't like if i pull an nerf well I, I only played spell meta right so if right. i pull an early elistra i never felt like wow great it's just not like okay i well, guess i'll put it on the board and when it was I a tried. seven seven you felt a wow great but when it yes yes when it was a sure. four, four, never maybe not as that. much I, okay. I, I do agree with that. I just like that it's no longer in the game because of my Skellywags don't get blocked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can play two Elizas now and be like, yeah, there's no Elizas. Uh, they're I, not gonna. I, I would love. I I think that there was a good opportunity to make it a three four just so that it would block yeah. Nadina's and it would also block uh, the Scam Comp right because right now Scam Comp really doesn't really have like a a cl clean way to counter it right. You can put like 
random taunts in the front or in the back or you you can just run uh i don't know like a zap and try to snipe the baron and things like that that's the big one yeah, yeah but it's, it's not one. as it's not clean right if you don't know they're running it and things like that you're not going to just randomly play a zap just like oh yeah just it you happens, know um, it happens less often i would say yeah. as well in the spell meta you'd see four pirates and you'd be like yeah he's scamming for sure but the eliza is the crucial ingredient and with the spells out it's just less get. opportunities to get six drops so people just have less elizas although i mean there's still plenty of them running around in my lobbies but it's just not a yeah, I, they're, they're not only a, running in your lobbies because you're in the lobby and you're the one doing it i do like it yeah <laughs> no this is true when i'm what i'm looking at should i go for a six drop or not uh if if eliza and caligos are in i'll move heaven and earth to turn my triple into a six drop because it's such a huge payout <laughs> if you get either of those especially when elementals are out it's I, I rant about this a lot in my stream. I just dislike elementals and Gar, Gar, Ginny, Rag. That's three things gone from the pool. So if elementals are out and pirates and dragons are in, mm, love me some six drops. That's actually an interesting strategy that you've revealed to everyone. You know. <laughs> yep. Look for six. And then I can go. I can go back to playing Tom Comp and kill them as they go for six drops. Master yeah, plan. You have a you have a strategy no matter what people. <laughs> <laughs> um but getting back on topic in terms of uh silas um i i i i don't play it as a as a level inspired as shady does but i i think there's a, definitely a lot better to doing that i kind of do it uh randomly but maybe that's why i don't have like a real um like i don't he's not a hero that i'm like yes i got a silas you know? i'm just like okay whatever silas right where for you, it feels like you're like, yes, I got a Silas kind of thing where uh, you're a little bit more happy than I am. So it, it seems to be working for you. So it's definitely something I'm going to be trying in my own games if I don't get a, a good start on on uh, five gold and see how it goes from there, you know. It's just a little insurance policy. That's how I look at it. Either the shop's great or I do what I'm going to do anyway. And I don't feel bad about tearing up because I know I'm going to catch up faster. So next topic we wanted to cover today was kind of um, the difference between playing to win and then playing to top four. I hear this a lot on, on our streams, just like, oh, how do you know when you want to win the game? How do you know when we shouldn't, you don't want to uh, go all out and winning and go for like a top four placement? And, and we'll always talk about this sometimes where uh, we have like a, a role and we're like, all right, time to win the lobby. And then there will have a different role and like, all right, time to, you know, go for top four or top five or top six. Sure. <laughs> that, that kind of Don't thing. kill me next turn yeah. and I'm happy. Dude. Yeah. So I, I think it's a good strategy that um, players should definitely learn when to recognize when you're in a position where you can take the lobby and when you're in a position where um either there's someone else taking the lobby and you don't you know you you want to not not die to that person and just go and let him kill everyone and then just take the you know the second third spot uh, versus um trying to salvage the game from maybe like a bad triple right you get a triple for five and it's like you know, a bunch of things you don't want doesn't fit your comp and then You've essentially used that whole turn to get nothing in in response. Like maybe you got like a a, a two four Ragnaros with no way of going dragons or something, um, uh, and and things like that. So uh, I think it's a it's something people want to look at. What do you think about uh, 
that. In yeah, I think for me, a, a big indicator, uh, you mentioned one of them, which is whiffing on your triples. Uh, I think you can, as as you know as well, you can salvage that for sure. If you're just strong and it's like, oh, that was just one of my many triples that I can get, you know, like, I'll, I'll fix this later. <laughs> if you had a really good early game. So I, I think it starts in the early game. Sometimes you just have these chops where, um, you know, we talked about having to level on five gold. Silas likes to do that. Not every hero likes to do that. Like, for instance, if you're in Azoth and it's just terrible, terrible chops, you have that fish, you rely on buying death rattles. You just it's it's bad times, and then um, let's say you don't get a good chop on tier five, you tier up, you get a good or sorry on five. I say um, like turn five five gold. I mean right, yeah. so five gold you have a bad chop. Six gold rolls around, you're on tier three. You're like all right, let's get those deflectos, and it's uh, tier one and tier two minions. So you're like Bob, what the hell? I leveled up. Where's my tier three minion? <laughs> I those say kind this of game. so often. Like yes, I right. Up? I, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I think you should get tier three minions or like at least one or something. I don't know. Whatever. That's for a whole other day. Uh, but yeah, but when that happens, then you can already say, okay, so unless something is going to happen here, I'm going to be in a bad spot because I leveled, I took damage. I'm buying the same minions as they are. I'm still taking damage. Next turn, I don't need a phenomenal shop or I'm still taking damage. And then <clears throat> usually you, you put yourself in this, okay, what can I do to mitigate the damage here? Because if I'm going to play now as if I've got a great start, I'm just going to top eight because other people have had better starts. They have higher health. The power level on their board is a lot higher than what I have. If I'm going to try to go to tier five with them, oh, I'm just dead, right? So a lot of the time you just look at it, okay, how can I salvage this? Um, one of the things I like is taunt, obviously, right? If you can get Harbinger, if you can get an arm with a couple of taunts, you can generate a lot of power fast. But Juggler is also a great example. If you have, say, you open those tier two minions and it's an Imprisoner, you can take that. Hey, next chop rolls around, it's a Juggler. You can start building from there. And then it's perfectly fine to just put on the blinders and say, OK, I don't care about anything past tier four. I just roll, 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 roll. I take Jugs to make my comp more powerful. I take stuff that fits what I have right now, extra Harbinger, extra Juggler. Or you can play Divine Shield comp, you know, something on tier four. You can play full mech and never care about tearing up. Sure, you're not gonna you're not gonna win. But other people that are trying to win and then get smacked down by the high rollers that do win, they're gonna die before you because you've sort of bunkered down and said, okay, I'm gonna just this guy's gonna kill me next time I face him, but not this time. Whereas other people will die to him this time because they're caught mid-transition when they have a brand, but they have, they're not big yet, or they have some Murlocs, but they're not buffed yet. Yeah, I, I think that's really important um, to talk about. A lot of people, when they're playing, always think you need the best comp to win. You know, if you don't have double Caligos, double Nadina, two Amalgadons, you're never going to win. Like, like it's, it, it's ridiculous because every game's different, and you're, you're going to have games when no one hits. Uh, and and you're gonna feel like oh I, I I've lost I've hit nothing when everyone's feeling that way everyone has nothing and if you just make a comp that works no matter how strong it is you will beat most of the people in that lobby because everyone's scrambling to find things and if you can just make a comp that has a function has a direction you're gonna blow those people out before they can like find a direction that can actually scale fast enough versus your consistent you know maybe not tier one but tier two composition so it's just like a lot of people will say oh 
I need to hit I need to hit the best comp in the game or I've lost, you know. It's and it's it's not the case, right? You can go you can get a two jugglers and an imprisoner and then force juggler comp and win the lobby. You can win the you know, it's not it's not a it's not a death mark that you you're not playing the best comp in the game. If you make that comp fast enough, you you're consistent and you commit to it. Uh, quick enough you can definitely smack people before they have their their comps so many games i see people with like two caligoses you know and then they die and it's just like yeah they forced the caligos they got it but it was too late you know the person with the juggler hit them for 15 and now they're dead you know this 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 is a very common thing that happens to people right you're trying to force the best comp and they they get the comp one turn two turns too late and then they're fighting someone with a you know technically weaker comp but their comp is cleaner their comp is more uh it's further around right? yeah it's yeah. more rounded out so they end up knocking them out and it's like oh yeah yeah I, you bet you wish you had another turn to play you know five battle cries but you're dead now <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah enjoy your caligoses yeah. and death <laughs> that kind of thing so. that's that, that's that's one element to it where you just get them too late that's something i also see where People try to just sell their whole board to put down some unbuffed dragons. They're like, oh, 2020 Mech Divine Shield. Well, that's not a dragon. I'll put it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you got to keep that for until you get like an Amalgadon or something, right? That's going to be stronger than any dragon on your board for like four turns. You have to keep that. So uh, a lot of it is just you need to ease into it or you will die. Uh, but people get a little bit too caught up with like no 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 first i buy all the dragons and then i play the battle cries and and it's perfectly fine to have three dragons on your board that's you know first turn if your board's really good maybe like four dragons the next turn and you just stay on four dragons until something happens where you're like oh i had another cali or i hit an amalgadon or i've, I've tripled something so there's some board space now that's that's perfectly fine because uh, you you can totally throw a one game where you are in a position to take it because you were too greedy, you rushed it too much, you were too eager to fill the board with dragons and start scaling, and then you know the the tempo guy comes on. <laughs> Colin's raising for anyone just listening. Colin's raising his head. Yep, yep. That's to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colin's calls are ripping off the band aid, but that's usually in a light fan comp or you, you sell an eight. You sell an eight eight rat pack for a hydra because it's going to be better. Right? Yeah, you, you got to rip it off, you know. So because. Yep. Yeah, that 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 is more of a like a light fang thing where you find yeah. a better minion and you're like, ah, but I have this you know minion that will be better with it. If you want to win the lobby, you gotta rip off the bandaid, take the bleeding, and then you'll be strong enough in a couple of turns where yeah. you're like, I'm or, so or glad. Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad I took it. Um, another another thing to look at when you're you're playing to win is can you imagine what you would get that would allow you to win, right? Can you actually see in your head, oh, if I triple this into this? I can win the lobby, right? Sometimes you have a bunch of random minions and you're like, how do I win? And you're like, I can't imagine <laughs> a way to salvage this. Well, then maybe you need to play for the top four placement, right? Like where, whereas let's say you're, you have a Macaw and a spawn, right? And you're like, how do I win? Oh, I triple the spawn into a, a golden and then switch into a beast comp and with the Baron and I win, right? If you, if you can actually see in your head lines you could take to win the lobby then you can play towards those lines whereas if you have a bunch of random things and you don't know how to cleanly fix it up into a position where you can win right look for the strong the strong units look for the pieces that you can find 
um to salvage so that you can get the top four placement and, and keep and not take like yeah. a you know 100 mmr so that's just another tip to to look at can you see the lines to take to win or are you just like do you have a bunch of random minions and you don't know what to do but you're like hoping oh maybe i'll just you know hit brand i'll hit a whole direction in one shop you know essentially <laughs> that's what people are, are are thinking in their heads when they're like i don't know what to do but maybe i'll hit a whole direction in a shop and go from there and win you know that's that's my line <laughs> good luck stupid with that. bob didn't give me a whole direction in one shop yeah yeah um for sure and and part of that is that you might not be in a spot to win on one turn and then you just play it a bit more conservative but then you suddenly hit the nuts the turn after and then you're back in it that can yeah. happen as well right but you don't allow for that to happen if you don't respect you know the opponent uh that turn and grab some tempo units where you said okay well right now i don't see myself surviving if i'm going up uh, i guess a lot of the time it's the question do i stay on tier four or do i tear up like we'll talk a bit about that afterwards yeah we're about to yeah because i i feel like the subject is closely related because a lot of the time in order to win the lobby you have to tear up you need to get those those juicy scaling units right either be on five and triple into a six or go to five find a brand find a land fang get that scaling going and and sometimes you just have a board that you say, well, if I go up to five here, I'm just going to get smacked. Um, so unless your opponent goes up to five with you, or, you know, sometimes you have a very strong opponent who's been, de you know, you can watch the match history and say, <laughs> huh, 17th of that guy. Okay. Yeah, they teared up, but I probably can't follow them because they're still going to be pretty strong if they got 17 last turn. So you can say, okay, I'll, you know, I'll take my time this turn. I'll grab some strong units. Maybe I win, maybe I just don't take a lot of damage. And then, you know, the turn after, hey, my triple is there. Cool. Okay, well, I'm on four. I'm going to go up to five now. I triple into a Cali. Hey, I'm back in it, right? Suddenly, I can play the game with the big boys. I can I can compete for the lobby win, whereas before, it didn't really look like you were able to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. You, you bring us right into our next topic, right? When yeah. should you level to five? When should you level to six? Maybe even when should you level to four? Should you even level to two, right? <laughs> Let's <laughs> be tier one and yeah, yeah. to be fair. Uh, so um, a, a lot of times in the meta, right? You you're looking at your your board, right? You're looking at your shop. You're like, hmm, can I afford leveling to five? Can I afford leveling to six? I think leveling to six might be the um, the most common bait I, <laughs> that I I do myself, you know, in terms of like my own gameplay. Right? I look at this and I'm like. I don't feel like trying and I have, you know, I have eight gold. <laughs> I could just level and then go from there. Uh, especially when you're leveling at six, you really have to think, do I need anything on six? Is, is going to six key? Do, do I not have a direction or do, and can I confidently do this? Right. Can I confidently level? Right. Sometimes when you have like a full Caligos comp and you, you have all the pieces, you're strong enough. Right, 11 and 6 makes sense because you need that Nadina. You don't have any triple potentials. And you're looking at your opponents. You're like, okay, Nadina will be the only thing I could use to win. And I don't have a way to get it except for leveling, right? That's when it makes sense. It's it theoretical. Level 6, level to 6, roll, and then go from there, right? But sometimes you have like a, you know, like you're, let's say you're going pirate scam, right? I had a, had a, a couple games where uh, I'm on 5, right? I have the pieces to to go double double scallywag eliza baron you know 
and uh, Cadgars and things like that, right? And I'm like, okay, is there a reason to level to six, right? You you could level to six, try to triple the Eliza and go from there. But what is the value of that? Is it better than trying to triple the Baron? Is it better than trying to triple the Cadgar? Is it better than those other lines? And you think to yourself, no, it's not. And you're wait, you're you end up utilizing that extra gold you could to roll. Because you're like, ah, I could level, but you end up making yourself weaker, making your comp less consistent in doing that. And it's like the easy bait. A lot of people do it. I do it sometimes myself, right? Where you look at the, you you have to look at your comp and see, does it make sense? Is there things that I really want on six that I have to level and, and essentially use my whole turn for? Or can I just get those pieces on five? Do I have triple potentials in my in my team comp that I can just wait it out and see if the triples will get me the things I need and then go from there. Yep. Yeah, there's some really good stuff there. Um, I think tier six is the really interesting one. I think the tier five is probably your bread and butter. The ones the listeners or viewers are going to get the most of. So we'll spend some time on that. But we started tier six here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and I think it's really good we're having this talk right now and not two weeks ago because tier two weeks ago I'd be like, what is tier six? Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I've been experimenting a bit more with it in this meta uh, as I am playing a bit more, uh, I guess, proactive to win the game, a little less conservative. And I've had a lot of good games where I went up to six. So uh, it definitely has its use. For, for me, going up to six, most of the time, it means that I just hit some stupid tempo and i'm just that's, strong that, that's another way i i did not right. mention that as well but that yeah, yeah that's, it. Well, that's why i'm here called it's all good right? <laughs> like even today i had an alec here where i i went fast three tripled a tide hunter two golden ones into a grubber i put grubber in position one and starts out as a six six right turns into a 10 10 after that maybe if you have another golden minion it's so strong and after a while, you just have a 2020 Wind Fury Divine Shield in position one. And you're like, yeah, it's going to take care of business for a while. You just add some other relevant units. And suddenly you find yourself on tier five saying, hmm, well, if I go up, I probably still beat this one. <laughs> and I probably still win the fight because I, you know, the 24, whatever, Gold Grubber, Divine Shield Wind Fury with a few other taunts. So even if they go first, they might not hit the shield. So in those cases, you can go up and say, even though my comp doesn't really look like much right now, I have power either in the form of I just high rolled like the Alakir game or you have double Harbinger with some taunts, which can be very strong. Or I don't know, there's there's, there's other stuff, right, where you have a Baron with a golden spawn. That's, that's a lot of power right there. But you don't really see how you can transition that into something that has a shot at the late game then you can go up to six and say all right let's just see if i open eliza let's just see if i open caligos let's see if i get brand of malgadon um any all the discover stuff on six is also way better tavern tempest can get you ragnaros can get you a malgadon primal fin can get you a malgadon a lot of the random stuff can get you a malgadon once you're tier six so that's another benefit but you do need to be strong enough to do that and as Collins mentioned earlier, if you are sitting on pairs, you probably want to roll on five anyway, because you can still hit all the juicy stuff on tier five. You can get your brand, you can get your light fang if you have some decent buff targets for that, or you could hit your triples. And then your triples could find you the Cali or the Eliza. Huh? Or you could hit three Murzons, you know? Yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> With Tavern Goer, this happens more often. 
Like the uh, I've done Golden Marathon quite a bit since Tavern Guard was introduced. It's it's really nice. Uh, if if you're not doing this yet and you have a Marathon, then consider keeping that Marathon around for a little bit because the moment you open another Marathon in the shop, ding ding ding, especially with a brand. Oh, beautiful beautiful times when you get Golden Marathon with a brand. That's a lot of that's a lot of tier six stuff. Okay, what do you think about um? Leveling to five, right? We talked about leveling to six really essentially, sure. right? So sometimes um, it'll be, let's say, nine gold, right? Which is very common. You level to four, right? And then the next turn, you're like, okay, I'm on nine gold. I have this, you know, wash, uh, like random smorgasbord of, of units. Do I want to level to five and try to, you know, hit a brand, hit a light fang, hit a... Maybe Mama Bear, you know, hit a battle master to stabilize, da, 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 da. or should I try to roll on four? Kind of look for a ton comp, look for a mech comp, look for uh, maybe just good units, maybe divine shield comp, that kind of thing, right? When mm -hmm. is the what is the identifiers that you're looking for to go to those um, to take that plunge and level the yeah, five yeah. versus? Uh, well, a lot of it is hero dependent and whether you had a good start or not. So. You mentioned nine gold going up to tier four, and that that might still be the standard for most people. But for right. me, the standard is I'm on tier four on eight gold. So I like to go up yeah. this faster. Yeah, sure. um, so that that changes things. Where my my natural flow of the game is I'm going to be on tier four on eight gold, and then I spend pretty much every time one turn on tier four where I just pick up some strong stuff, or perhaps hit a triple into a tier five, or if I'm feeling up for it freeze the triple if the money makes sense, put some strong stuff on the board the turn after, go up to five and try for a six. Most of the time, if you have dragons on your board and Caligos is in, or if Eliza is in, Eliza, you can play without any pirate on your board, just play Eliza position one. Now, <clears throat> if you are playing a weaker hero, because you don't always have the option of going to tier four and eight gold, then I think a lot of it is do I feel strong enough? And who's my next opponent? Also, do I have pairs? Because if you have pairs in a lobby where it's not good to go to tier six, so let's say, in my opinion, if dragons and pirates are out, tier six gets a lot weaker. It's a lot more praying, like, oh, you know, maybe I get run specifically with my build. Maybe I get two Ragnaros in a short span. It, you see, it becomes, it becomes a bit of a stretch pretty fast, right? Once dragons and pirates are out. So then it's perfectly fine to, tr to stay on tier four and try to triple into a five if you have your pairs. Um, I think if you had a bad start, by default, you should be trying to stabilize on tier four. So let's say you're down to 20 health. You don't have a strong board. There's nothing wrong with just rolling on tier four. If demons are in, you can do juggler comp with uh, Ring Matron, which is a very nice tier four demon, you can pick up and you can triple into your Malganus or Void Lord. You can roll on tier four and find Harbinger, which is your nice taunt buffer. You can add acolytes there. So that's another thing that, that people might not know yet or they, they don't think about it. But acolyte is this little tier one unit. But if you have two Harbingers on your board, because it's a taunt with Reborn, that little taunt gives your adjacent minions like in total plus 16 plus 16. That's a lot of buffs for for one unit, right? That's that's a lot of jugs. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, with two harbingers. Right. Yeah, that's with two harbingers, right? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Um so 
you, you can totally do that and just wait it out and either be strong enough to then go up to tier five if you say still hit your triple and it's a good lobby for a six drop or you can just wait it out for people to die so that's usually our approach going to tier five if i'm playing in my usual rhythm and i have a good hero that i can go to tier four with on eight gold then a lot of the time i will go to tier five um on 10 gold right where on nine gold i will spend a turn just chopping get some strong units and then off to tier five especially in a lobby where the six drops are good so i can triple into a six drop or if i'm just strong and i'm looking for bran or Lightfang or anything to make sense of what i have at that time but if you're feeling threatened if you think that you know you had a bad start you've taken a lot of damage there's nothing wrong with just staying on tier four that game yeah for, for me personally how i kind of look at it is uh i'm either staying on tier four if i'm you know if i feel like i'm going to die in the next two turns then it's like well i feel like i'm going to die in two turns if i level well i'm definitely going to die in the next two turns unless i hit like you know brand double battle master and and yeah, another demon buff or something like that right so uh if i'm feeling extremely pressured then I can stay on four stabilized. Another reason I stay on four is uh, I wanted to play a comp on four. So let's say I have um, uh, two arms and uh, like a, a neural module or something like that, and I can just go like Tonk comp, com commit to that. Well, don't really need a level of five, so I don't need to do that. Let's say I'm playing, you know, double deflecto, and I can just go full mechs. You know, I have a sensei because you know that's how I play when I play mechs. You know, that I just stay on four, divine shield them up, and then go from there. Let's say I just want to play uh, George, for instance, and I have a bunch of uh, the the three six dragons, and I just like I don't feel like leveling here. I can just divine shield the three six dragons, and then just have a poison murlocs divine shield as well, right? You can do that on four, so no need to level there. Then um, it makes sense. So usually when I'm staying on four, there's either a reason for it right i have in my mind a composition that doesn't need a level or i'm feeling like if i level i'll take too much damage and i won't be able to stabilize quick enough that uh it doesn't justify the level but technically my like standard if i get a good hero and i'm doing well da, 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 i'm usually looking to to level to five because a lot of the like the um the comps i'm familiar with i would say start on five or have a six as a functioning key piece in there you know maybe golden maybe eliza maybe kelly goes maybe nadina mm -hmm. blah 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 right there's a lot of key pieces uh mama bear brand light fang right a lot of key pieces on five and six right so um it's a lot easier for me to see things from the shop of five see things from the shop of six the discover of six and just be like okay i know where to go from here where i went four it's a little bit more um it's a little harder to be like okay i don't have mechs i don't have divine shields i don't have murloc poisons or whatever and what am i do i don't have taunt what do i what am i doing on four you know besides buying like two high high mains or something like that you know i don't know where to go um staying on four where at least if i'm on five i i at least i know what i could find in the shop to make me do to make a direction, get a composition, where sometimes there's nothing I could imagine getting on for. I would be like, okay, now I know what to do. I've got my direction, da 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 da. So that's kind of the reason why I sometimes level to five a lot, but 
Um, unless I have a clear direction on four or I'm feeling pressured, that's kind of my standard. Yeah, and and what we talked about as well, I, I can only speak for you know, the ELO that I've been playing at the whole time. I, I think if you're playing on, um, let's say you're more a mid-level player, there might not be as much pressure in your yeah, games as well. So maybe sure. it is just a really good rhythm to be like, all right, well, one turn on four, shop, 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 get strong, and then off to five and try to win the game, right? That could perfectly, that that could on average just work out really well for you. And, and I think that is sort of the standard formula that I try to follow as well. It's just that the people play so efficient and the comps are so nasty so fast that a lot of the time you're just like, well, I feel like it just there's no way I can catch up and I should just stay on tier four and cut my losses here, try to try to squeeze in a top four. But if the if your lobby isn't as fast paced, and you can notice that as well in, in the higher, like what Colin's talked about, sometimes people just don't hit and then it's a very slow paced lobby. People don't die immediately, and then it'd be foolish to stay on tier four because you could be still the lobby leader if you if you hit that. Let's say you're you're just one brand. And a face is away from opening a brand and being like, oh, golden brand, let's go. Right. So tier five is definitely where a lot of the the magic can happen for your uh, first place games. Yeah. I, I, I do bring, you do bring up a good point with uh, like low, lower level lobbies. I've played, I have a lot of accounts, you know, sometimes. And uh, <laughs> uh, when you I'm dabble, climbing on those, uh, right, I, I definitely notice that I can get away with like stuff I would never do. <laughs> Just, just on my on the high A look because I'm looking at their uh, boys and I'm like, wow, it, like sometimes it feels like they're two two turns behind me. I'm just like, oh, okay, <laughs> like I'm just destroying these people. Let me just level to six and I still win. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. well, double Amagadon, here we go, double Caligus, it's over, right? Where you can just get away with things. Uh, when you're climbing uh, and you're just like, okay, things are not as, you're not getting as punished as you feel like you would uh, when you're, uh, when you are at the higher elos or you're watching streamers and streamers are like playing so safe sometimes. And you're like, wow, I just, I just level here and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure. just like, you can level there. We can't, we'll just get destroyed if we try it sometimes, you know, sometimes you can level and it's fine. But a lot of times you will see, um, I think, one of the skill sets that I, I see a lot of like high level players have that uh, I don't see uh, when I'm like watching other people who are playing on uh, lower MMR is you'll see high level players have like a an okay board in one turn. Next turn, it's the strongest board I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like what happened? <laughs> what, when, when did yeah. this happen? Like you're just like they they are able to capitalize on. A small window, a small moment of time, like a small opportunity. They'll get the golden brand. They'll get the, you know, they'll get a, a, a Mirazond or something. And then there's like, they have like 16 gold that turret. And then they're using all that gold to change all their comps. They have it. They add an Amalgadon, da, 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 da. One turn, they go from just like, oh, like a brand comp with like some random trash. And then it's like double Amalgadon, you know, Nadina, da, 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 da. And you're just like. <laughs> that was possible you know, and, and you just you don't get punished like that in low MMRs people don't do that right they don't they don't transition that fast right it might take three turns for them where you're seeing higher uh, MMR players they do it in one or maybe one and a half you know they'll have transition or things like that so it's just like one of the things you have to be 
aware of, right? You'll look at the match history, right? They lost 10 damage and then they dealt 36. And you're like, what, what happened? <laughs> you know, like they transitioned and they made, they, they made their comp work, right? Where you don't see that in low MMR. So it's just something you have to be aware of when you're, you're keeping track of, of people's match histories and seeing like, oh, they have nine triples. Oh, I wonder what board they have, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. So uh, it's just something uh, that I notice a lot when I'm watching people play and things like that. They are very skilled at uh, making comps in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, like on, on the topic of like I, I had I had played um I think one game on my NA account when you was down and that's the Twitch chat NA account, so that one was I don't know, six K or so right. uh, when I played on it. And I legitimately asked, like, wait, is this person AFK? <laughs> no, he's playing. Oh, why is the board so weak? <laughs> So it's just inefficient use, right? Like, oh, buying units that you don't need, settling for, you know, like, let's say you're tier five and you're picking up the 2-2 two, two demon buff because you have a demon on your board. You know, not really something you want to be doing when, you know, two gold on tier five could be used to, you know, find brand, find light, find a scale way, way faster than that single plus two plus two you just spend two gold on. Not to say that that's never to play, but, you know. As you mentioned, high elo players a lot of the time they're just so damn efficient, and they get an insane board from one turn to another. Yeah, uh, I I think that's a good good point. And, and uh, when a level to five, when a level to six, we have really didn't talk about leveling to two. I think you should level to two whenever you feel like it. You know, I, I don't <laughs> think that's <laughs> too complicated. There, you know, maybe turn two, level two. You know, that kind of thing. Unless you're going like reform curve or whatnot, but uh, those are very specific. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is just like juggler comps in this meta. I, I think it's a, it's a comp a lot of people don't really look at, but it has a lot of potential and like, uh, if you can get the pieces early, you can really just deal a lot. I, I, I think if you're juggler comps used to be more prominent, right? Um, uh, before the prize meta, yeah. just, uh, it was a thing. Yeah, it was, it, a thing. it was a very common thing where you get, you get a juggler too. you, you would, you would run that comp and try to win. I think that's what people don't do anymore, right? When you run the comp, you don't really try to win. You try to kind of top four. Like, uh, I, I think um, the introduction of elementals really shifted it, right? Because what, what jugglers do really well is deal a lot of uh, small damage to a lot of minions, right? And elementals, when they came in, they just had massive stats. Jugglers couldn't really get through them. And so people moved away from that composition and went for uh, maybe poison scam and things like that, try to deal with the elementals. But nowadays, I think elementals are in an okay place, right? You really don't see them dealing insane, having insane amount of stats unless they get like Nomi super early and then they and then they survive with it or they get like double rag and the genie or, or things like that where they need they need to already high roll out of their minds and have to like three, six drops and things like that. But in most games where right, you're not really seeing full elemental comms, just blowing people out right before, uh, before in the, uh, before the nerfs to elementals, right? You'd have like four three, four people going elemental. So if you tried jugglers, you would just get blown out. But now I think there's a good window where you can run jugglers. If you have those, um, if you hit those juggler comps early and you commit to them, you can actually do a lot of damage before people have a chance to react. Yeah, for sure. 
it's uh I, I i love picking up early in open it up early because there's a lot of okay. yeah in, in prisoner it's just a super decent um tier two unit and because a lot of the time you have this where you see a juggler in a shop you have no demons you're like eh, probably not it's a little weird so by by snapping in prisoner whenever i see it well you know sometimes the shop is just too good they have to pass it up but there's not many shops where you're like oh i really don't want to buy this in prisoner so I, I rarely let one pass by. And then the moment you have one in Prisoner, Juggler is a perfectly acceptable addition to your comp. And, and you can you can even just use those um, early pieces as some pressure to allow you to level clean. This is what we talked about earlier, where sometimes you're just really strong and you get the level. And then, you know, if you level up and Bob tells you, hey, here's another Juggler and a Void Lord, then you're like, okay, well, stay Juggler and I'm just really strong and I start killing people. But sometimes you just have a juggler and prisoner. You get another juggler. Um, but then you just get, oh, here's a brand. Here's a battlemaster. Here's a lightfang. And like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll have this side of the board do the juggler thing. This side of the board is a scaling thing. And then I'll get rid of the jugglers as I open up more good stuff. Maybe I, you know, triple something into an amalgadon and I, I just go full scaling. That that's also something that can happen. So you don't you don't have to commit to it. But more often than not, it's perfectly fine to do so. It's not like, oh, I'm in a good spot, so I don't want to play juggler. It's like, you know, if Bob gives you a bunch of juggler pieces, play juggler. It's totally fine. You're gonna, if, if you play a fine juggler comp, then top two, top three is probably just what you're going to get. It's rare that you don't get a good top two, top three if you have a strong juggler comp. Yeah, I, I think um, it feels like, at least what I get, like, streaming and things like that, and questions from chat it feels like people say demons are in the weak are the, the weakest tribe right now weakest uh minion type and they're in the worst spot but i, I don't necessarily think that's the case or right? i think it's just like you have to uh commit to them right you have to be like okay i am the i'm a demon player let me go all demons da, 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 da. and you have to do it early enough right it's not since the pieces right the the key pieces are on three and four right the juggler and maybe if you go um on four and you get the uh the four four that scales when you get a you summon a demon oh, right it's interesting I, I don't usually go for big fernals when i'm doing juggler but well, I, I guess i, you, I, would, you I wouldn't this is a like a different i'm talking about demon comps and oh not, just like not just, demon, yeah, sure, sure. yeah like there's definitely been some games where i have a, a two infernos and i just like build my comp around having two infernos and then i actually mm -hmm end up with like 280 in front of us and that was good enough to win the lobby or even or get second you know so and it's like oh this yeah. was actually reasonable where you know a lot of people are like oh you're going inferno come i guess you've lost the game and i'm just like i'm killing you <laughs> you're dying here you know it's like you're, you're not respecting the comps just because it's not the best comp in the game right so uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think there is some space i wouldn't say like demons couldn't use a buff right i think if you added you know like if you replaced if you re-added floating watcher like i, I wouldn't be uh, I, at this point i wouldn't be against that like okay yeah sure like i can see why you were scared of it like being out of control but i think there are a lot of answers to it right just having poisons and things like that if you're running that but um i wouldn't say they're unplayable or in a bad spot where if you see jugglers run away i think if you get the right shops you can go jugglers and it won't be uh too bad for yourself yeah i think you can just you can play almost anything if the pieces are just handed to you and it's just like you're if if you're 
if you're chasing a comp, right? That's because that comp has like really, really strong end game potential. Like you can chase Caligos, you can chase Eliza. I wouldn't be chasing juggler comp. I wouldn't be like, oh man, hard roll on three, find the jugglers, and then I can do something. It's like, oh hey, look, it's juggler. Oh, it's imprisoner. Oh, tier four is a matron. I triple into a void lord. Okay, let's just do full juggler. Then I think it's perfectly fine. But it's not a comp I would be chasing. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah, and and any comp can work really well if Bob just gives you taverns full of it. I just like, all right, I guess I'm playing this, and that's part of what makes this game so much fun is it's not just a checklist of, well, you know, I guess this is the strongest comp, therefore I'm going to build the strongest comp. It's more like, okay, well, what am I getting? I'll make the most out of what I'm getting. Because you can just, you can be really strong with a, a, a second or third tier comp, as long as you have that comp more developed than other people. Like we, we had a, we had a first place Millhouse game where all we had was I think a single non-golden weaver and like one or two big fernals and then just Morganis. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess we roll and we buy every demon we and we play it for free because we have Morganis. So I'm like, oh, everyone's dead. Huh, interesting. Oh, yeah. We just have big units and we kill people. That's true. So I think that's a that's a good uh that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, things to think about when you're playing your own games, just like not forcing i think i think that's well force if you want to but like if you get good pieces of other comps look at them and say can i actually make this work you know because a lot of times you'll get uh you'll get one piece but not a key piece of a comp and then bob will give you the smorgasbord of a different comp and you're like ah but i have this one piece you know i have the i don't want to switch where and then you're you're rolling down to you know the finalize the comp that you have in your mind whereas if you just took the comp bob gave you you would have placed higher right you would have had a much cleaner start you would have maybe taken a lot less damage you know and maybe even though the comp might be weaker in your mind you would have gotten a better placement because you wouldn't have to spend that time rolling and things like that so it's just like something to think about when you're in your games just not baiting yourself right not trying to force this half a comp that you have and take take play the comp bob gives you you know that kind of thing so um that's pretty nice um for us this is our first uh little podcast uh some there's there's a lot to work on i I would say i think uh you know i I had a lot of fun you know it's always good to talk about uh backgrounds things like that and just like uh all the little changes that happen in battlegrounds right every time there's a patch right the the first day of the patch right it's like ah, nothing's changed the next week you're just like the whole game is different <laughs> it's like it's like so interesting to go through that uh that revelation of like oh this small change this small change actually makes everything different in terms of in terms of leveling or what what to look for things like that so i i'd like to be able to see that kind of thing you, there's a new expansion coming up uh maybe they haven't really re- revealed a lot of the changes they'll have right but there'll definitely be some changes definitely be a new minion type add-in things like that so when that comes around we definitely want to talk about those small things anytime it comes to predictions i i i always like refrain like ah you know i i can't see the future i can't tell you how good this will be but we'll do it anyways (laughs) 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 and we'll be wrong most likely but um the the extra things we're trying to have is like having viewer questions uh right now we're kind of just like building it up making sure that we have uh 
things to talk about, things that interest us, things to analyze and, and game plan and things like that. But if you have viewer questions, I would love to uh, hear that from you. What, what would you like to talk about? What do you think is interesting? The meta, things like that, right? Any improvements, any ideas, you know, sections that you'd love to see, let us know. Shady wants an email, you know, I haven't made one. <laughs> But I, I might do that. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, just uh, do that kind of thing. Maybe send it on Twitter or whatnot. You know, there's a lot of ways to reach out. Um, we're also looking for guests. Um, right now, maybe the first couple episodes, we might just keep it to ourselves just to get a feel of how to get the swing of things, right? But if you're, if you want to, you know, want to, you know, get on here, talk battlegrounds with us, you know, I, I'd love to uh, hear from you. So just you know, send us, um, you know, a message and we'll see like that but just like this is our first episode pilot episode kind of see how we want to do this moving forward and, you know and i do appreciate you guys for watching appreciate you guys for sticking around you know just getting a feel of it you know kind of seeing oh this is what they want to do oh yeah do we like this do we not you know that kind of thing so uh definitely it's definitely fun it's definitely like exciting i was feeling a little nervous uh right before i started just just because it's new but we get into it, start talking shady, it all falls away. So definitely kind of nice when you have good co-hosts and things like that. So I just want to thank you, Shady, you know, just for being here, you know, being a part of this, you know, kind of. <laughs> My pleasure, man. I, I'd say the feeling is very mutual. There's like a hint of nervousness before, but then you go on. You're like, oh, well, this is what I do every day. And I'm just talking to my friend. <laughs> We're talking about the game I play every day. So mm -hmm. it's very, very, very natural. Yeah. All right, so ending at uh, the finals of this, anywhere they want to reach you, you know, Shady, if you want to uh, plug yourself. Oh, for sure. And just twitch.tv slash Shady Bunny. That's uh, where I stream for the most part, but I'm pretty sure that most people that listen, I don't think this is going to first up <laughs> very, uh, very large audience, but hey, you know, if you want to watch some VGs, that's where it's at. Yep, and I am in the ether. Maybe you'll find me or not. I don't like promoting myself. Anyways, thank you guys for joining us here. Maybe you'll see us next week or, or so. Maybe we'll just give up and be like, ah, this is not I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out together, right? So uh, it should be a fun time. And uh, glad you guys enjoyed it. Glad you guys had a good time. And, uh, you know, what would you like to do after this? You know, play some couple of games, like things like that. Let's you know? play some Battlegrounds, man. Let's go to level six and die. That sounds great. <laughs> we'll try not to do that. But yes, uh, that will uh, that'll be the end of this first show. We'll see how it goes. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, peace out. Da, 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 da. See you guys next time.